And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Way of the Truth Warrior. We are live, finally. And today it is Monday, November 22nd, 2021. And I hope you are all well, wherever you are. Uh, I am very sorry that I wasn't able to get any other lives done uh, the past few weeks. Uh, We've been experiencing some major storms here in British Columbia, where I'm at. Uh, They're blaming it all on climate change, of course, but it's really an infrastructure problem. Um, And so we've basically got our supply lines shut down. We've had uh, rolling power outages in certain areas. I was lucky we only had it out for one day, and it happened to be the day that I was going to release Chapter 5 of Cult of the Medics, uh, which I hope you were able to check out regardless. I was luckily, I was able to upload it um, to a mega file and I was able to at least get that to you guys. So I hope you got it. It's now up on all the platforms. If you're just tuning into this show for the first time, uh, welcome, strap yourselves in. We've got a lot to cover and please go and check out my documentary series. It's an ongoing 12 part series. There's only five chapters out. The fifth chapter was just released on the 15th and I'm going to actually be working really hard to get chapter six done before the holidays. And then I'm going to take a nice relaxing break and survey the insanity as it uh, continues to ensue. But it's not all bad news. There's a lot to also uh, be happy about. We'll get into some of that. Uh, What else I should tell you about that's been going on? Well, we should really just start to get into it. I've got a lot to share with you. Uh, We're tackling a really important thing, I think, today. I've called this show, Unite the Clans. Unite the Clans. Can we stop being divided and fighting amongst ourselves? Can we find some common ground for crying out loud? (laughs) All right, we're going to get into it. Um, So, but before we do, before we do, I do have to make a few mentions here. Um, I got to say a big thank you to my good friend Methods over at, well, he's Methods. He's got his own show. He's a great, great guy. And he is running Pilled and, or he's working with Pilled and he's running Foxhole. And uh, how is Foxhole doing, by the way? Did we go live on there? I really hope we did. Shout out to everybody. And if you're watching on Twitch or Rockfin or DLive, welcome, welcome. Let me just double check. Yep, we're live on the on the Foxhole. So uh, Methods has set up a special dedicated Foxhole channel just to Cult of the Medics. And I'm very happy and excited about that. I'm very honored to have it featured there. Thank you so much. Um, also a big shout out to my sponsor for cult of the medics and they're just supporters of this work, uh, rise attire. They have put together an absolutely stellar line of really high quality attire, uh, sweaters and shirts and all kinds of good stuff, all made in America. So we're starving the beast. These are the best conversation starters out there. I can't wait to get mine. We've had, because of these supply chain issues, I haven't even been able to get a hold of them just yet. They're in the mail, so eventually they'll be here. Can't wait to check it out. But um, everybody that's been able to get a hold of it has told me nothing but good news about the quality of it um, and the fact that they are already starting some really important conversations with people just by wearing it. And that's the whole point. That is the whole point. So thank you so much to Rise Attire. Thanks to Methods and everybody at, uh, and all of you actually, for helping to share out this podcast, the work that I'm doing, the documentary series, without you guys, this would not be possible. So thank you so much for all of your support. Um, also your kind donations to the project. It really helps out. I can't tell you how much 
Uh, we're really running on fumes these days, us content creators in this very, very tumultuous, mind-filled, mind-field-laden uh, space called alternative journalism, uh, where we're getting censored and, and, and having issues that you wouldn't believe to do this work. So uh, that really helps it out, and um, it's helped tremendously. And so I really want to thank you all. But the number one way to help support this work in this show is to share it out. Uh, get it out as far and wide as you can. Feel free to download any of these clips or bits from Truth Warrior. I put it out uh, free for everybody. Uh, share them out to your friends. The documentary series that I'm doing, Cult of the Medics, is tailor-made so that it's got a little bit of everything in there for everybody. Beginners, intermediate, advanced. I'm trying to make it pretty, uh, pretty open-ended but also to give you guys more weapons, more tools um, of things that you can share so that it's watchable. Um, I'm hoping it's clear and it's understandable and it's inspiring and all those good things so that you can help wake up your friends and family to at least, they don't have to agree with me, they don't have to agree with you, they don't have to agree with this whole concept here that we're talking about in this series, but maybe they can get agree with the freedom argument. Maybe they can agree with at least one thing that can help them think again. And that's really what this is about is how can we help people think? We're not trying to tell people what to think, which is one of the issues that I see happening even in this resistance movement. We'll just keep it simple. You can call it the truther movement, the alternative journalism, citizen journalism, digital battlefield, uh, alternative research community, whatever label you want. We're just human beings that care about truth, freedom, and justice. And uh, I have a few critiques and a few points to make that I hope will add some value. Uh, but one of the points is we have to really be good with our communication, be very clear, uh, and uh, try not to trip over each other in the process of helping to wake everybody up to what's going on. So that is that. I also want to do a really important shout out to my sponsor for this channel. Uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. They're doing a great job. I've got a great team that's also helping me with it. Uh, we're trying to starve the beast. We've got a great sponsor, a great company, uh, family-owned, manufactures everything in the U.S. from scratch, top to bottom. They own all the manufacturing. They are not bending the knee to these big corporations trying to buy them up. And uh, they have an amazing online store that stocks about 450 of the products you're probably already buying. Um, and we made a website to tell you more about it, give you a tour, give you the information, uh, to give you some alternatives if you don't already have them already. This is just a start. We need to spend our money wisely and support uh, the things that are the, the companies that are doing it right. Uh, so the website that we created is truthwarriorswitch.com, truthwarriorswitch.com. And um, that really also helps out the show and I, they're doing an amazing job. So thank you to the people that are working behind that. Um, that's another uh, really important thing I wanted to tell you guys about. Now we got that out of the way. Let's get into it here. So I called this Unite the Clans. Let me just uh, pull up my intro clip here, and then I'm going to take it away. Where is it? All right, we've got some Braveheart action happening to kick this off, so uh, just a few minutes. So here we go. Make it widescreen for you. So Braveheart, of course, one of my favorite all-time films. I highly recommend you watch it, especially given the times we find ourselves in. It's very inspiring. Um, and there's a whole historical thing we could get into, but that aside, the film was fantastic. And this is a clip when you've got all these different clans 
you know, getting together and meeting and trying to discuss what are we going to do? We got long shanks, the hammer of the Scots. He's trying to take us all out and keep this war going and oppression over Scotland. And what are we going to do? And it seems like all these different groups and clansmen are all fighting more for who gets to be the king of this new, uh, of our new uh, enterprise here. And uh, it's all getting very political and divisive and they all start shouting and fighting. And then in walks a warrior, the free man, William Wallace. And uh, this is an epic, epic speech in this film and it's very relevant. So take it away, Mr. William Wallace. This time our only option is to negotiate. Now I just want to see you to the to the ground. My army has marched for more days than I can remember. And we still have preparations to make, so I'll make this plain. We require every soldier you can summon, your personal escorts, even yourselves. And we need them now. With such a force arrayed against us, it's time to discuss other options. Other options? Don't you wish at least to lead your men onto the field and barter a better deal with Longshanks before you tuck tail and run? Sir William. We cannot defeat this army. We can't! Sir William. And we will! We won at Stirling, and still you quibble. We won at York, and you would not support us. If you'll not stand up with us now, then I say you're a coward. And if you are a Scotsman, I'm ashamed to call myself one. Please, Sir William, speak with me alone. I beg you. Now, you've achieved more than anyone ever dreamed. But fighting these odds, it looks like rage. Not courage. It's well beyond rage. Help me. In the name of Christ, help yourselves. Now is our chance. Now. If we join, we can win. If we win, well, then we'll have what none of us have ever had before. A country of our own. You're the rightful leader. And there is strength in you, I see it. Unite us. Unite the clans. Right. Right. There you go. All right, let me get this out of the way. What is this Backstreet Boys stuff playing in the background? All right, so then... Uh, he goes on to betray, of course, William Wallace, Robert the Bruce. Um, and, but anyways, I love that speech. That speech is so relevant. I think we could just take it line for line and put it out there because it's very, very relevant to the war we're in right now. And yes, we're at war. If you're just tuning in, we're at war. Welcome. Um, and the context of this, of course, the relevance of this is we've got a lot of people out there in this freedom resistance movement that, in my opinion, are causing more harm than good. And I'm not here to 
lay, you know, I'm not here to attack people or try to bring anybody down. I'm here to try to talk some sense into everybody and say, look, the enemy of freedom, and I'll just let you imagine who that might be and what they might want. We don't have time to regurgitate all of that. You guys should know by now what's going on. The enemies of freedom, which have existed since the beginning of time and will exist until the end of time, are united and they are working together. They've buried their hatchets and made strategic alliances to get what they want, which is more power and control over every fine detail of your life, the implosion of Western civilization and all concepts of free sovereignty as nations, as individuals, as families, as people. Their goal is to use an asymmetric warfare strategy to divide and conquer, which is, there's nothing new about this. It's just as old as William Wallace and Longshanks and all these other examples throughout history. It's just that it's being used in a very different way in our modern time. So no, we're not taking claymores and, and laying siege to castles, although I would fit right in. All right, let me just put it that way. But this is more of a spiritual, mental, psychological kind of war, at least for now. If you guys want to continue being divided and fighting over the things that really don't matter, then it will get to a physical war scenario. And that will not end well. And that will not be glorious. And that will not be like what you think it is. And so we are trying. The, the, the goal of our resistance must be to prevent that and win this the way it should be won, the Sun Tzu way, which is to win over your enemy without even firing a shot in the physical domain. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Maybe, we're gonna, maybe it's going to get to the next level. I mean, and you know it. If, if it. if it gets to that point of the worst pages of history, as we're starting to see it creep towards more and more, looking at places like Austria and Melbourne, and man, I live in Canada, and it's really starting to get heated here as well, where they're trying to force every walking, living human being to take, to basically bend the knee to a medical uh, technocracy and to destroy our economies, to rob us blind, to steal the future from our children and change it into what they think the world is and to give their solutions to the problems that most of the time we see these same people that are trying to thieve our freedom and steal our countries and loot our wealth and convert everything into a top-down, monolithic, centralized control system. If we don't unite at least under the banner of freedom, we're finished. It's over. There is no future of what it means to be human in the truest sense of the word. And I really hope that I made the point in chapter five of this recent series of that question of what does it mean to be human? And, and hopefully I didn't answer it for you. Hopefully I just helped you ask the question. Because it's the question. It's the question of our time, isn't it? And we're being attacked on all fronts by this evil. And that's what it is. That's what it is. 
And so if we're up against something like that, why are we shooting slings and arrows at each other? We're standing on the same battle lines. All of our armies from our different camps and religions and political sides and sides of what shape the planet is and whether we, all these different places, we've all come into this knowledge of what we call alternative thinking, or let's, let's try to, let's try to really ask the real questions and, and uncover the deception in all these areas. Instead of that inspiring us to hold the torch of truth and freedom and look at that as a goal and not pretend we've arrived at some destination where we've got it all figured out and then use that as a way to continue to divide all of us even further than we've already been divided by these powers that shouldn't be that are trying to literally take over our countries right now. If we were more united and could differentiate between, let's say, civil debate on certain things, that would be awesome. We need, I don't want everybody to be the same. I, I am the opposite of a collectivist, okay? But I'm also, I also come from the warrior tradition not just the philosophical and, and intellectual traditions. I come from the warrior tradition and there is a role of the warrior and the, the ability to be diplomatic and find a way to unite people under at least a few different points so that we can not get completely annihilated in this fight. So, if my critique seems harsh, it's because I just, I'm coming from a place where I care. And I am not perfect myself. So I'm also speaking to myself with this little show we're doing here today. Because this is just really hitting me and I felt this inside me this morning. I don't know if it was, I don't know what the combination was of what really made me think this is the show I have to do today. But I literally woke up and I changed the show. I was going to do something else. I was just going to cover some news and come on here with you guys and chat a bit. I will cover a little bit of that stuff, but I just felt it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This is what we have to talk about today. I look in, I just, I look at the conversations that are having. I look in the comment threads. I look in my email inbox, which half the time I'm, <laughs> I have like almost PTSD sometimes. I also get amazing emails. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we're, we're, it's a very stressful time. Let's just put it like that for all of us. And I look around and I just see nothing but fighting. Another great scene I could have played to illustrate this was that scene in The Lord of the Rings where as soon as they put the ring on that little, uh, that little uh, stand and it, it, all of a sudden everybody around it just starts fighting. Even the powerful wizards and the warriors and all that, all that. And uh, they're all fighting over who's going to fight evil, who's going to be the one to bring it to Mordor, who's going to be the one to uh, rid the Middle Earth of this ring of power that was destroying everybody. And it's this little hobbit that walks up and goes, I'll do it. And everybody's like, I guess we better shut up now <laughs> and support this little guy who's volunteered to do something that none of us have the courage to do. And I feel like that's what we need to do in our own right now. We got to stop the bickering. 
again, differentiating from civil, you know, serious debate that is very much needed. We need it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the low level, low consciousness, low IQ level of discussion here where, and I get it. We've got a lot of newbies joining in. Okay. We've got a lot of newbies joining in. We've had a lot of infiltration. <laughs> Don't even get me started. I've been, you know, hanging out in the sort of truth community, truth, whatever you want to call it. I hate labels. I hate defining everything, but just so it's easy for you guys to get what I'm talking about here. I've been hanging out in this thing for two decades and um, just sort of watching it unfold. It's definitely has its ups and downs and pros and cons, but because now everybody's starting to pay attention because of the blatant uh, tyranny happening all around them and the fact that conspiracy theorists are batting at a thousand right now. So you're welcome, world. Come have a seat. We'll catch you up. Um, it's mudding the waters. It's polluting the overall goal. And there's almost too many hens in the hen house or too many cooks in the kitchen or pick your metaphor. Now, everybody's got a voice and everybody's got a role to play. But all I got to say is, you know, we also project. We project our fears. We project our anxieties. We project what we think we think we know. And then it turns into this big shit show where we're no longer focused on the real task at hand, which is to save our civilization and to save freedom. It's that simple. So we've got all these different movements. I was going to do a chart to list all the different camps. And I look at them like the image of this chapter is a battlefield, right? And you got all these different banners and flags and, and tents camped out where different clans are coming to the front line to join us in the Battle of the Black Gates to save freedom. And, uh, and, to, and to save sanity and reason and true science and true health and to achieve justice for crimes done against humanity, past and present, to prevent it happening in the future, to create a better world. That's the sort of general banner that attracts people to come in as they experience and rub up against and start confronting the reality of the evil and the tyranny and the criminality and the corruption that I've been talking about and many of you have been talking about. People are starting to catch on to it. It's coming across the thresholds of their own front doors. People are losing their jobs. People are realizing the media is full of shit. They're looking for alternatives. And then the house gets packed. And then it's now turning into complete chaos. And so I'm just trying to call to order a point of Let's try to find a way just to get along just enough to win the battle that we need to win, that we must win. And if we don't win, there will be no way of even having any of these conversations about any of these subjects that we all love and we've all put our, we've all committed to, right? We've all read these books and watched these videos and watched these documentaries and listened to these podcasts and then collected our ideas and then added that to our own life experience and we formed opinions. This is all natural, right? But then obviously that is going to be unique for everybody because here it is. We're all unique. We're all unique. It's variations, not contradictions. 
but we're fighting over what we think are contradictions. We're fighting over just stuff that doesn't matter right now. I mean, in peacetime, oh my God. And I think that's what maybe part of it is. Maybe we've been, we've been in sort of this peacetime, which I think this is actually a long struggle we've been in, but you know, it really hit the foot on the gas pedal two years ago, right? And here we are now, still two weeks to stop this bread. <laughs> it's, it's like Groundhog Day, um, never ending. And I definitely see the pros. Like I've talked endlessly about the pros and the movement and the, and the, the positive thing. And we see the protests and we see all of that, right? We'll, we'll get to that stuff. But before we get there, we also got to talk about some of the cons, the negatives of having everybody come in there with their now what they feel to be expert opinions about everything. And I don't mind that if, if it wasn't getting in the way of what matters. If it wasn't getting in the way of what really matters, then we're free to do whatever we want. But at a certain point, we have to look at this situation that we're in right now, realistically enough, to say, how can I best use my energy? How can I best use my energy? Even I've stopped, I've tried, I, I try to bite my tongue. I try to not post and, and, and get into these squabbles too much because it wastes energy. Like it's, it's, it wastes energy. And I think some of it's also deliberate. And that's another concern that I have. So we have the well-meaning people that are just, you know, there are strong opinions. Hey, I love that. You're a strong person. Beautiful. Fight for what you believe in, 100%. Prove me wrong. I love it. I love that stuff. But I'm even looking to so, so people that are looked at as the leaders of this movement. So first name comes to mind. I don't know. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. I'm not doing the names. I'm not getting into it right now. You guys can figure this out for yourself, who you think the false teachers are, who the people are in there to ingratiate their own egos, who, who care more about their image and how many followers they have than they do about the mission of preserving freedom. I'll let you figure out who that is and who it isn't. Okay? But... We have to bury this hatchet. We've got these groups. Let me come back to it. We've got these different groups within this. So we've had what we call the truther community. It kind of started to really build up after 9-11 in the modern um, version of it. I mean, this kind of stuff, there's so many, this has been going on. There's been a resistance to, to this encroaching destruction of, uh, of America and of the concept of freedom in the West and, and, and the world the movement towards this centralized form of government, the technocratic uh, elite, you know, mafia takeover. There's been battles going on for a long time, but they were much smaller because there was a much smaller group of people that were awake to it and cared about it. Now that everybody's in on it because it's now hitting everybody, it's growing so quickly that now it's splintered, that truth movement of people that were first trying to expose things like JFK and 9-11 and Gulf of Tonkin and world wars and all that has now um, brought in all kinds of other people from different backgrounds that are also fighting their fights. And then it's just, you know, I just feel like it's really starting to unravel. And, um, and that's a good thing that, you know, in this age that we're in, all truth is going to be revealed. All the lies are going to be revealed. All the fakers are going to be revealed. It's part of the age that we're in. And that age is not just something happening up in the stars. When you understand the real, uh, in my opinion, the real deep knowledge, what's happening in the stars is happening inside our consciousness. 
So the age is also talking about a change in the consciousness of, of all things. And what is consciousness? It gets into photon light. Where does photon light originate? How is that changing? Are we moving through different phases in our, you know, our, uh, the movement of where we're positioned, you know, in the galaxy and all that stuff. I mean, it's kind of far out to some of you, but I hope you understand what I mean here. And everybody has their language of interpreting what I'm saying, by the way. Um, but are we not enslaved to words? Are we not enslaved to concepts? Like, why is it that I can sit down with a Christian or a Buddhist or a Muslim or an atheist or a flat earther or someone that believes in aliens or someone that believes in spiritual dimensions or somebody that doesn't know what they believe in or this or that? And I can have conversations with them, at least for a while, where it's rather uh, we can stay peaceful, at least. We can, I can understand it. I can speak their language. That's called empathy where you can empathize where someone's coming from. You don't have to agree with them on everything, but you can still learn the language so that you can communicate, right? Because I feel like we're in the end, we're all human beings and we kind of want the same thing generally, right? We want our freedom. We want enough to survive. We want to have a comfortable life. We want to actualize our potential. We want to have a positive community where we're not enslaved to that community. We want to have our families. We just want to be left alone to live this 70 to 100 years life that we've been given without being trampled on by government and by all these hierarchies and all this crap going on. And then what happens is along the way, we start to um, get attached to ideas and words and then we forget the meaning of the words and we forget how to understand somebody else when they're talking. Everybody's just waiting for their turn to speak, you know, instead of really knowing how to listen and then and discern, okay, well, maybe they're just using those words to describe the same thing I'm thinking, but I'm using different words, but we really are talking about the same thing. That could bridge some gaps, just understanding the language and going, hey, you're saying this, I'm saying that, guess what? Take away all the, all the costumes and the decorations, we're talking about the same thing. We want peace, love, freedom. Truth, justice, you can dress that up any way you want. You can put any kind of whatever. And then, and then the other problem I think we're having is we're, we're all trying to figure out who's doing this to us. What's the real intention? What group is it? Who are the infiltrators? What are the psyops? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? And in that theorizing, which is necessary, we grow into extremists ourselves. And I'm just pointing it out because that's what I see. I've seen it in myself in the past. And so, and I still sometimes catch myself and I go, whoa, like less dogmatic, less preachy, less, let's just, let's just talk. Let's just, let's just be, let's try to get to the truth. Opinions be damned. It's all fine to have opinions, but know the place of the rank of opinions versus the goal, which is the truth. And so how do we unite the left and the right? How do we unite the religious and the non-religious? Let's say all these groups I'm about to mention care about freedom, okay? Let's just, I'm going to list a bunch of names, okay, of different uh, flags and tents and banners that are parking on the encampment of the, of the army that is now going to face 
Sauron's army, all right? Metaphorically speaking, for now at least. Um, and in those different encampments, they're all pulling up with all their equipment, their horses. They got their guys. They got their flags. They got their traditions and their ways of thinking. You got your classic truthers, people that woke up a long time ago to the New World Order and George Bush and all that old school, hardcore patriot truthers, right? Which the world labeled conspiracy theorists and kicked them out of the room for decades. Then you got, so you got the old school seasoned vets that have kind of, they've done all of their free thinking most of the time in, in the old days. And they, a lot of them sadly haven't budged from those books they read years ago and updated their knowledge. That's one critique that I have. Some of the old school guys are becoming quite inflexible. Now that's a process of life that happens. Our minds get a little more, our brains get a little more calcified as we age. So the greatest teachers will always tell you to keep the flow, keep the fluidity of the mind, right? Bruce Lee, be like water. Don't get committed. Don't look at the finger, look at the moon, right? So you got this, the truther group, old school. I love them to death. Nothing but respect. Without them, we wouldn't be here. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Hats off to you. But almost impossible to talk to about new concepts sometimes. Okay. And I'm speaking generally here. So don't take, let's, let's not get all, you know, offended about stuff. Let's just talk. We got to be honest. Okay. I kind of consider myself growing from that first in this movement. I came from those guys. I came from learning from these guys. Okay. And they're, they're, pil they're pillars. They're, they're people we should respect. They're like war vets. But they don't always feel the need to upgrade knowledge and keep growing. They kind of stay stagnant. I've just noticed that. Okay? It was the same thing I noticed when I'd go from like karate to jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu to back to karate. Because I started in karate, did jiu-jitsu, went back to karate and found, wow, what's, why are they both these camps? Like they, they're, they're both martial artists. They both are seeking the same thing. They both want to be you know, artists in, in, this, in this discipline. They want to find the most effective way of training. They love their style. They're committed to what they're doing but they're not able to talk to each other because they just, all they can do is insult each other and say, Your, yours sucks and mine is better. Like that's, that's all it is. And I'm just seeing the same stuff in this truth movement now. So that's where I'm noticing it. Okay. So you got your old school truthers, you got your, uh, you know, sort of Patriot MAGA QAnon group, right? The Q people. And it's not even Q. I don't like using that term. It's not, that's not what it is. Who a lot of people in that movement came from the truther community, found that whole Q movement, and then I think added a lot to it because they came from other knowledge. They didn't just go to one source and read a post and go, that's the gospel. Like they, they were more open-minded. They came in and they added a lot to that movement. But then you had a lot of newbies coming into that movement, which was great. That's what I, that's what I praise the most about it, was that it was a new movement that was basically saying, hey, here's something that's dropping some information. We don't know if it's all true or not, but there's some really good stuff in there that's talking about, you know, think logically. Let's really question it. Let's challenge the media. We need to uh, find a way to circumvent this mainstream media grip that is is held, holding onto people's minds like a stage five clinger. You know what I mean? We got to find a way out of that mind control. So it was, it was a movement. Whatever you think of, of the Q posts or the Q stuff or any of that stuff, um, it, it, 
I think there was a lot of positive things that happened with it. Okay. And I'm just keeping it general. I'll share my full thoughts on it another time. But the positive thing that it did was inspire a lot of people that weren't used to doing that extra level of research to get involved. And that was a positive thing. But the con of that was that now everybody's involved and everybody's thinking they know everything and they're fighting amongst each other and it's starting to, you know, it's really devolving. And then I know for a fact, these types of movements are infiltrated. They've always been. And there, you know, there's uh, all kinds of problems that come with that. Okay. So you got your old school truthers, you got your new school truthers, you got these different groups, people that supported Trump, people that hated Trump. And this is what's the interesting thing is Trump changed everything. I don't even care what you think about the man. He was a phenomena that came in and was kind of like a glitch in the matrix, regardless of what it was, whether you think he was set up to be some big psyop or whether he, you think he's the savior of America. Doesn't really matter. It ruffled the feathers of all of these people that were really thinking they had this cinched and were able to just flip on a switch and all of a sudden you got your complete destruction of America so that we could move on to the UN world government. Trump came in and shook it up and shook up the media and then shook up the population. And look, we're seeing the effects of it. He was like kind of like that bull in the China shop that I think was a very positive thing, regardless of where it is now and what, you know, it, it was a positive phenomenon that happened. Okay. So, but why can I sit down with people in the so-called truth movement? I could sit in the same room. I could talk to a person who hates Trump, who thinks he's just an Illuminati Jesuit shill or whatever they call him. And I could talk to the person that thinks Trump is the new savior incarnate. And we could have conversations. And I guarantee that all three of us in that weird triangle of conversation could find common ground because the person that thought, oh, the Trump phenomenon, the Q thing is all just a big psyop. They're coming from a legitimate place in a lot of times. Now, some of them are whatever, but they're coming from a place of we should stay critical, guys. Don't just drink the Kool-Aid and just believe wholeheartedly everything you think you see. We haven't routed out this deep state, so anything's possible, right? very, very valid thing. You must always maintain your critical thinking. Okay. So I would be like, yes. And then on the other side, the person that doesn't think that say Trump is some big psyop and thought it was a positive thing for America and it woke up America. Okay. Because whatever happened, Trump happened. And then people woke up because of the way the media reacted to everything he did and the lies and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just people learned more about like they kind of learned the surface level of everything we've known about for decades in the truth movement. And we've had archived and bullet pointed and bookmarked people, the masses of not just America, but the world started to get a little bit of that by saying, well, why are they lying about him so much? Why do they hate him so much? Like they can't, you can't turn on the news even to this moment without having them attack him. And the, the media is owned by the people we're fighting against. So that's, that's a point for the guy that thinks it's a benign thing. This Trump phenomenon. And then, you know, and then you got, okay, what are these other groups? You got the anarchist crowd who think that the only way to save Western civilization is to completely gut it. And, and it's just, it's a free range farm now. And everybody's just out for themselves. 
and I'm not, I, I know that's a bad generalization. I, I actually have, um, had some really good conversations with, uh, some anarchists that I agree with in that sense. They're more philosophical anarchists and they understand freedom on that level. So, you know, they're more into that, um, you know, kind of like, a a, a free market, as much freedom as possible. That's what I hear those guys wanting. Okay. Whether I agree the human race is ready for that. And I, maybe that applies to them, but it just doesn't apply to the general population. We got to find a way to bridge that gap so that we can stop fighting about those things. Okay. Cause in the end we all care about freedom, right? So you got your anarchist crowd. Then you got these other guys that are more socialistic. They come from the left. Um, you know, and there's a mix there. You got your classic liberals who I have a lot more sympathy for. And then you got your modern, I don't even, they stole the word liberal, but it's not liberal. They stole the word. Okay. It's just pure commie fascism is what it is now. It's Marxists, Leninist, collectivistic ideology. It's completely funded top to bottom. The left has imploded. They need to see what's going on. Okay. Then you got these other guys on the far right too, right? You got, it's, it's imbalance is what I see. And you've got, then you got people that are fighting over the shape of the planet right? Some people think the planet's flat. Some people think the planet is shaped like a big teardrop. Some people think the planet is shaped like a pear. Some people think the planet is hollow, like a tennis ball. Some people think the planet is just more cavernous. So there's just, it's just, it's just wormholed with caverns, like a beehive. Uh, some people, they just go along with whatever mainstream science says, and that's it. But I bet you if we sat everybody down and I said, okay, flat earthers, Thank you for being critical of everything you're hearing in science and everything like that. Um, but why are we obsessing about making every single argument about the shape of the planet? The issue I have with it is it's becoming a distraction from what's happening on the planet, right? To that point, I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying I'm seeing this in general. So that's my critique there. I have my own personal thoughts on that entire philosophy, but I'll leave that for some other time. Um, the point here is, hey, a lot of those guys in the flat earth movement, they're aware of this whole Masonic level, the, the Luciferian level, the fact we've been lied to, the, the corruption of science, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So maybe some of them go out and they take an extreme position just to act as a challenge to the dogma of the state and of the mainstream media and of the mainstream institutions. Okay. And that can be a useful tool. Um, but again, if I go out and I'm posting on this vaccine and then in the comments, it turns into an all out war with hundreds of comments fighting over flat earth. I'm like, is anybody going to comment on the vaccine post? Cause that's the post you're arguing in about the flat earth right now. Can we maintain some context and some discipline, you know, hold, tighten up that line over there. You know what I mean? Focus on what we're doing. Go on a channel, call it Flat Earth Debate, and do it over there. I want to see who wins. I'm curious. I'd love to see that. But time and place, right? Distraction. That's when it can't. I'm not saying the thing is a distraction. I'm saying it can become a distraction. And then you got, so, you know, you got, uh, what other groups we got? And put some in the chat. What, what groups you see? Who am I missing? You got, um, oh, the religious crowd, right? Everybody has their view of God and life and what it is and how the world started and all these existential metaphysical questions and all this kind of stuff, right? 
I don't really, I'm the kind of person, you're a human being. We're all trying to connect to God and nature and spirit and the divine and life and the meaning of life and what happens when we die and how did we get here and how did this all come to be? We're all, we all read different books. We were all raised in different traditions. Some of us decided to grow our own brains and go and read different ideas and then make up our minds. Some of us never did that and just took on whatever we were told when we were in Sunday school and left it at that. And it's easier to do that. And that's fine. But what's the, what do we want? What do, when we're seeking religion, and this was a question I'm trying to get at in this cult series, what attracts good, well-meaning, average people to cults that end up being these cults of death and power and suicide and crazy stuff? How do you get from just a normal person to that? Well, it's the well-meaning intention that most people have mm -hmm to seek a spiritual life, to seek out the questions of life, to seek out meaning, to seek out some answers. And then they see some charismatic teacher, you know, some Walter, Walter Applewhite or some Jim Jones or Robert DeGrimston or Anthony Fauci or whatever. And they go, yeah, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And he's giving me all the things that nobody else could give me. And he's saying it in a way that I never heard. And it really resonates. So I'm going with it even if it means he tells me to walk off the edge of a cliff or feed my children Kool-Aid that ends up killing them. Like what, th this is where I start to ask the question, you know, where we, it comes from a virtue, but it can be polluted. And it's, we can't just blame the cult leaders all the time. We're signing up for it. We can't just blame Tony, Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, George Soros, and the whole hierarchy that's well above those puppets. Can't just blame them all the time. Can't just blame the Illuminati for everything. Where are we going to take our own responsibility in this process? And even if you don't agree with my opinions on things, I earned my opinion, and I hope you're earning yours. And we'll f the truth is what it is, regardless of what we think about it. I just want to help reorientate us to that as the focus here, whatever it ends up being. And then again, we're in a war right now. Where bullets are flying, is metaphoric, right? Bullets are flying, arrows are flying, battle axes are swinging, bodies are dropping. The line is being broken. Our side, our enemy camps are getting infiltrated. We got stealth ninja attacks happening at night in certain barracks, right? And yet we're spending so much time and energy fighting over this stuff. To a point, again, setting that reasonable debate that's very helpful aside. We're fighting over it to a point where the enemy in their ivory towers is laughing their asses off at how easy it is. How easy it is. Many of these narratives that we all went out and followed come from KGB Central, come from these very agencies. This is a psychological warfare scenario. So we have to be aware of that. We also have to be aware that we're led by our own inner bias, which is formed often not by our sincere desire to know the truth, but it's often fueled by our fear, which is never a good recipe. It's fueled by our ego that wants to be right. It, it's, not the, it's not about what's right. It's about being right.
being the one who's the right one, being the one who wins, being the one who's got it nailed. So we got to check those things before we get into this work. This work is holy work. It's sacred work. It's essential work. Light work, if that's what you want to call it, whatever term you like. Magic, real magic, positive magic. There's a discipline to it. There's a discipline to it. And there's, this is the reason for the discipline. The discipline is not there just to be an authoritative, patriarchal, you know, type of thing. It's nature and God beating up your, you know, whipping you go, hey, snap out of it. Look at the bigger vista. Use your powers for good. Be productive. Be disciplined so that the consequences that you're going to face if you're not disciplined don't happen. And it's that beautiful statement by Rand where she said, you can avoid reality. You're free to avoid reality. You have a volitional consciousness. That's all that means. You have a free mind. You, you, you're, you have free will. That's what that term means, that fancy term. She says, you have a volitional consciousness. So you're free to evade reality all you want. You want to go sign up for the metaverse? Go right ahead. You can go live in an artificial construct for the rest of your life. You're free to do that. You want to believe a bunch of liars and criminals and follow them to the letter and be the believers baptized in the new faith? You're free to do it. You want to go sign up for the clot shot and, and go, la, 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 I don't want to hear it when it comes to all the experts warning you about what's going to happen? You're free to do it. But here's the kicker. You're not free to avoid the consequences of facing reality. So you can avoid reality. You're free to avoid reality, but you're not free to avoid facing the consequences of facing reality, of not facing reality. So we need to think about that. That's all I'm saying. And I know everybody's feeling a lot more anxiety these days. I know everybody's feeling more pressure these days. I know everybody's fleeing to the nearest village that's giving them rest. But we need to turn it up now. This is when you're beaten down, when your enemy is breaching your front line, that is not the time to go and start shooting arrows at your fellow fighters, even if you disagree with them. That is not the time to tuck tail and run, and that is not the time to get into doom and gloom pessimism. That's the time to go to action and say, whoa, we better tighten up that front line. We better deal with that penetration of our front line. We got to do whatever we got to do to bury the hatchet with my fellow man so that we can win this. This dark side we're facing, to keep it simple, like I said, they're united at least on this. They'll bite each other's throats on other fronts and they're going to eat themselves. You'll, you'll see it. They're falling on their own sword right now. We're witnessing that. So don't panic. Take, take a little ease up. Ease up. I know, I know it's, it looks dire, okay? But it always looks dire before the big break happens in the battlefield. And it's looking dire because they turned up the temperature because they're losing. They're losing. They tried to censor millions of people off social media from even having these conversations, okay? 
And what do we do? We created other media and now they're growing bigger than the mainstream media and it's going to keep getting worse for them. They went on YouTube and actually turned off the dislikes. So you can still dislike, but it doesn't count it publicly. <laughs> so you go on a CTV news video now and it's got 36 thumbs up and it just says dislike next to it. It's probably like 5,000 thumbs down, but they don't want to show you that because they're losing. That's what losers do. Losers have to lie to win. They have to cheat to win. They have to steal to win. And that's who we're fighting. That's why they're using asymmetric warfare and not just warfare. If they were really all that, all this and that, these Illuminati Luciferians, if they were really all this and that, they would just be right out there. Yep, we're going to take out 90% of you. Nothing you can do. We're going to steal your country and your money. Nothing you can do. I mean, in, in part, they are kind of telling us that. But, you know... It, they wouldn't have to have all these debunkumentaries on, on the mainstream news. They wouldn't have to have all this uh, install divisive bots that are in there helping to fuel a lot of these, these arguments and these divisionary things. They wouldn't have to fund a bunch of fifth columnist agents to go out and pretend like they're on our side and then turn coat the last minute. We've all been getting a crash course in that, seeing these double, uh, these, uh, double agents Right. But then isn't there another extreme to that where what we're what we're doing in, in context of what I'm saying, we're having these conversations about all these really, really massive subjects. Right. Sitting at home you know, from our computers, having these debates with each other. And you get these people that the minute you say something to them that they disagree with. You, they label you as a shill, as an agent, as an insider, you're a this, you're a that the hyper paranoia of it. So how do we bridge the gap between not becoming completely ignorant of the fact that say, you know, infiltration exists like that. And also not just labeling everybody you see that doesn't like what you just said as being one of those agents. So can we stop turning on each other? So if I tell you, I don't believe in the flat earth. I haven't been convinced. Are you going to hate me now and call me some Illuminati shill because I said that? What if I just have a good damn reason why and I have a different opinion and I read different books and I looked at it, wasn't impressed and moved on? What if it's that? What if, and what if another day I change my mind and go, yeah, I think the earth is flat. Are all the people that agree with me before going to go, oh, you're an Illuminati shill because now you agree that it's like, no, I changed my opinion, Right? Or what about, uh, you know, take anything, take anything. Now, if I come out and start telling you to get the jab, <laughs> you can probably, there's probably a, a, people with a little sign that's like, help me, they got a gun to my head. Like, I'll never tell you, but I'm just saying, like, th there's certain things, obviously. But with all this stuff, like, um, I was having a discussion with somebody that, you know, long time truther, truther people and totally on board with everything. Yeah, it's a pan, it's a pandemic and they're totally trying to steal our countries and it's all a big lie. And, and then the conversation keeps going and I start getting into sovereignty and individualism and, uh, you know, my view of how I think a, a, a free market should work and what a free country really is. And um, these people come, they're more hippy dippy. They come from the left. They're, they're communistic. And. Uh, they look at me now and they go, wait a minute, are you one of those far-right Nazis? <laughs> and I went, whoa, whoa, I'm sitting here talking about freedom, buddy. You show me the Nazi that wants freedom. 
You need to go, go find one. Go dig one up and ask him. Go dig up Joseph Mengele and ask him if he was into freedom or Goebbels or Mussolini. Like, but I had to resist the urge to start fighting back with them. And instead, I just went back into it and I went, no, here's why. And you know what? I'll give these people props. They listened to me tell them why. And they kind of did a little bit of, hmm, interesting. I've never heard. And they said, I've never heard it like that before. And I'm like, well, just like you got to stop watching the mainstream media when it comes to masks and double masking your five-year-olds, um, you should stop listening to the mainstream media about what far right is just because I said that I believe in more of a libertarian, you know, conservative model. And I kind of made my point, but it was done peacefully. And you know what? Now those people have more respect for me. And you know what? Now they're going to go and read some of the books that I mentioned they should go read. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll read it and they'll still stay in their position. Maybe they'll upgrade it. Maybe they'll come back with an argument that's going to change my mind. You know what I mean? Like, this is how we have these dialogues. But finding a way to be diplomatic and easing the tension and shutting down that instinct to just want to win and be right and just want to grab this guy and show him everything and tell him and if he doesn't agree with me i'm going to become a little tyrant and go troll his youtube channel and go try to tell him what's what all the time like get off your horse man start your own program write a book start a blog there's these Substack things now that are the new hip thing where you write these little mini articles and people tune in it's like little episodes of, of like a written podcast it's a beautiful thing go start it Prove your case, earn your respect, and you don't need to be calling everybody shills and getting up in people's grill all the time about it. Just go prove your case. Stop whining about it. Sorry, I'm just getting a little, uh, just sick of it, you know? And oftentimes we're not fighting about the thing. We're fighting about other things. So back to all these encampments, like, there's so many others. There's so many different groups and fragmented groups. It happened to the Occupy Wall Street movement, right? Remember that? I was there. What was that, 2009? Occupy? There were some good people there that had some good points. There was also a lot of very uneducated people there that didn't quite understand the details of the things they're yelling in the streets. Um, and then it got very quickly, like within a month, all of a sudden, all these different communist groups started coming in and these Nazi groups started coming in and all these other... And, and all of a sudden, it turned into this big shit show. It was like we watched exactly in real time what I'm talking about with the whole movement. We watched it happen with Occupy Wall Street already. We've already seen this movie, okay? It was all documented. Some guys did some good uh, commentaries on it and documentaries back in the day. I don't know if those videos are still there, but you know, how do you stay objective and go, hey... Um, there was a bunch of people from different backgrounds fighting against Wall Street and these greedy bankster criminal mafias, okay? But in their fury of wanting to take those guys down, they didn't notice that their groups were getting infiltrated by people pretending to be that, but were secretly a part of this larger globalist agenda to completely destroy the whole thing in the process and replace it with something, trust me, that's going to be even worse than Wall Street. As rigged and as corrupt as it is, these people want to erase any kind of free trade. All right? They want government control over the means of production. Who's, who benefits from that? 
And that infiltrated those groups and it twisted it and that leaked into the truth community. And then you had the rise of Anonymous and there were some good things that were done, but look at Anonymous now. They're basically just an advertisement for anti-fun Black Lives Matter on a lot of fronts. Not all of them, but because it's Anonymous, you don't know if you're getting one of the good guys or one of these other people that are secretly batting for this globalist agenda. They're all paid, coming from China and other places, even from within your own borders. So there's probably other groups. You got the groups, the InfoWars guys, the guys that love Alex Jones, and then the people that think Alex Jones is a shill, and then the people that loved David Icke and all these guys, and then the people that think they're all shills. And then we're fighting over that, and we're going, wait a minute, did any of these guys ever do anything positive? Did they help the movement? Did they hinder the movement? Is it about them, the person, or is it about the information that's going to lead us to the truth? Right? And I guess that's where I'm trying to help bring back that ability to focus and be disciplined and say, I mean, if you have an open and shut case to make with absolutely damning evidence, other than just a bunch of opinion, remixing and editing and taking things out of context of what somebody said, then we can listen. But if it's just a bunch of screaming and yelling and shouting and mudslinging, is it productive? Like, what are we trying to achieve? Are we just trying to take somebody down? Are we just trying to you know, what's up with that? Or, or are we trying to like take the people down that need to be taken down, which are the people that have an agenda against all of us? And then, of course, then you bring it out of the alternative movement into the sort of more mainstreaming movement of where everything's divided over race and gender and, and all this stuff. Look at what's going on right now. You got this Rittenhouse trial. Thank God, you know, he was found innocent because I believe in self-defense and deadly force is definitely there if you need it. I mean, you've got to defend your life. Um, and what did they do in the media? They turned, and the media does it first and then it leaks everywhere else. They turned it from some a, a white kid defending himself and people can debate whether they thought it was justified or not. That's a different thing. But they made it not about the, the details. They made it about race. And they're basically trying to say, here's a white kid that killed three other white guys who all turned out, when you looked at their rap sheet, were criminals and pedophiles and the whole thing. And they made it look like he was some kind of a racist. How do you have a racist? Of a, If I'm a white guy and three white guys jump me and try to kill me and I kill them and, and I survive, how's that a racial hate crime? When there's, all, there's actual racial hate crime. Like, focus on the actual shit. And it's... But then it makes it about that. And then, of course, we had this horrible tragedy where some guy who wasn't white drove through a Christmas parade and killed five people and put 20 or 30 other people in the hospital. During a time when our hospitals are understaffed due to all this mandate crap. And not a, not a, not a hint of any of it. So in the mainstream world, that boils down to people arguing about race. And I was listening actually the other day, I was on Twitter, I can't remember the name of the group, but there was a, I guess on Twitter now you can have these sort of live chats like what you can do on Telegram. And I, I just saw an interesting title and they were talking about the whole BLM thing and, and what was going on. And uh, somebody got in there that was sort of from the BLM group and they weren't a part of, they were just a, an average citizen, I think. And they were just in there expressing their frustration and, um, you know, talking, what, talk, talking about what they felt. And there was a really positive thing that actually ended up happening. And it kind of gets to what I'm trying to get at here, which is 
this guy came in really confrontational and was all up in arms. You white American racists and blah, blah, blah. And it started kind of like that. And then it was another black guy comes on the mic and talks to this young man. This young, you could tell the guy was young, probably in his twenties. The, the, there was an older uh, African-American guy comes in and he just, he just does this. He does this little rant to this kid for that lasted about 20 minutes about, look, I hear you. I grew up in Chicago. I hear you. I seen this kind of stuff go on. I hear your pain. And he just did a really good job of empathizing with the guy and then proceeded to slowly bring in the points that countered what this young man was trying to scream at everybody and say, I know why you went to that Black Lives Matter group. Do you know that it's funded by George Soros? Do you know that it's openly said it's all about a communist revolution? Do you know that? Do you know the history of those movements? Is that really like, even though I, I can empathize with your struggle and your, and your, your, uh, your pain and what happened to you, what's happened is they've cast a net and you fell in it and thought it was the solution. And maybe you even had some, you probably had some legit, he, he, he didn't say maybe, he said, you have some legitimate gripes. Okay but they entrapped you in another net and now they've got you in and you're drinking their Kool-Aid and they are the, they are not here to help solve the problems that you are passionate about. They are a red herring, you know, and he went on this beautiful rant and guess what this kid and everybody was there to watch it. I wish I would have saved it. I don't know how to download those things, but uh, everybody in the group was very supportive and it's, and then all of a sudden another uh, woman, uh, I believe she was a white gal from Texas or something. She gets on there and she starts talking to this kid and, and just empathizing with him. And then, and I just saw this beautiful conversation happen in this little Twitter convo that needs to happen in all of America and all of the world where you got these people that kind of were entrenched in their little camps with their swords and shields up. And then a voice of reason enters the room and everybody goes, okay, let's, let's put the sword back. Let's just, okay, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Because both sides were willing to talk. I mean, that guy showed up wanting, and he said it, I kind of came in here to see where you guys were at. And you know what? After listening, I, I kind of feel like I, I agree with you. And I see what you're saying. I just, and he went back to his gripes. But after I watched that conversation, there was a healing. And then there was a bunch of like love and hearts and everybody was working it out. Guys, we don't need these politicians to work this shit out for us. We don't need Hollywood to get in there with their stupid opinions that aren't worth a brass farthing. We don't need the media to get in there and be the referee. They're the ones stirring the pot. They're the ones creating this tension. Human beings want to talk to other human beings and we really, deep down, we really, really don't care about what color your skin is, what type of sexual orientation you have, what religion you have. What, whether you believe the f flat earth or not, I don't care. We're human beings. We got to solve the real problems and we can work it out amongst ourselves. And that to me was like, if that could happen with some guy from Black Lives Matter, who now I guarantee you sees that differently now and felt, hey, okay, well, maybe I can walk away from that group because you made some points about the corruption level of it and how all the leaders are getting paid multi-millions of dollars. 
by white guys who have Nazi ideologies like Soros. And maybe I don't need them, but these people at least gave me some perspective and also reassured me that they're still on my side about my very legitimate gripes. It's magic. It's the art of the deal. Right? So we have to be warriors, but we also have to be magicians, and we also have to be diplomats and negotiators and orators and being able to... That's the weapon. The sword is your word. And I watched that battle happen, and I went, bravo. I, didn't, I just sat in there. I didn't say anything. I just sat and I listened. And I was happy to see it. And so that kind of stuff needs to happen in our community to unite the clans, bury the hatchets, and say, hey, there's, there's a time and place for these debates, and we should have them but right now. We're running out of time. We won't have a civilization left to exist in to have those very needed debates if it all breaks down and we all get brought into whatever the hell these people have planned for us, which isn't looking very good when you know what you're looking at and you've studied this. And you know who we're dealing with. So, my stance, when people ask me, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Does it lead to truth, freedom, and justice? Other than that, it's an interest, a casual interest. I'm curious. I'd love to know. I, my, before all this was going on two years ago, I was very much interested in going to pursue a career making documentaries about ancient history and uh, the mysteries of the world and all that kind of stuff, right? Just the fascinating stuff, the fun stuff, the stuff that I'm just, I love. I love the subject matter. It doesn't always have to have this edginess, desperation to it because we're in a war. That was peacetime work. Doesn't mean I'm not interested in those subjects. My God, they're my favorite subjects. But I put those down when I lost that opportunity and I went and I said, nope, my role now is we've got to fight this fight. We got to save our freedom or we're not even going to have the, I'm not even going to have the ability to go pursue that passion that I have. So this has turned into a big rant, guys, but that's, that's kind of the feeling I'm having right now is that we have to find a way to get around all that. And it's an individual thing. There's no groups that are really going to save anything. It's going to be individuals that are all motivated and united on what matters that will win the day by not complying with this tyranny, by uniting peacefully, but strong against this to stop it, to expose it. And what would you say are some of the most, out of all the subjects you may have studied in this alternative research community, what are some of the subjects that unite people? Not the subjects that divide people, and I'm not saying the subjects that divide people are necessarily not worthy pursuit or shouldn't be, but use it as a personal exploration for yourself. The subjects that unite people are what are important now so that we can get through this. And those kind of subjects, throw it in the comments. What do you think? For me, it's children. That's it. That's the uniting issue. Crimes against children. the number one victim class on the planet that come from all races and genders of children, crimes against children, and there are many. They start from within the home all the way up the fractal to worldwide 
systemic pedophilia and human trafficking and the dark ritual evil crap that we all kind of know about. We're learning about more and more. And trust me, we're only cracking the surface on that. Honestly, another uniting subject is money. And some of you, you're like, what? Money? It's the root of all evil, Dave. No. Humans are the root of all evil. Okay? We're the only ones doing evil on the planet. We're the ones who are capable of evil. The rest of nature is just operating in its natural thing. Humans are the ones that have this propensity for evil. We're the ones that stand out, okay? We are the source of it. We're also, we're, but we have both. We're both, you know, the light and the dark. We're given both. We are the, and that's what we are. We're light and shadow. We're yin and yang, electricity, magnetism, right? We have the potential for both. So money is just what people think of when they think of, well, my survival, right? Which is why everybody's bending the knee to this jab that they really don't want just so they can do what? Keep their job so that they can get what? Money so that they can do what? Pay for their bills and get food on the table? And why are they, are we all hating on money so much that we're all going to flee to the trees and saying, screw the system, we're all going to go live like hobbits in the forest? I don't see a lot of people doing that, so... That means money does have some value to you. And so what if we start talking more about that? What if we get into the Geo Griffin level of stuff and, and all these guys that are talking about the monetary system? I've been talking about it forever, the infiltration of our monetary system. What would that do? Where I told people, hey, don't forget about the vaccine debate for a second. Just for a second. We're going to come back to it. But just for a second, put that on hold. Put that on hold, this whole stuff with the coronavirus. I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. What if I told you they're looting you blind while you sleep every night? They're stealing from you. What you earned, what you put your energy and time and love and passion into that earned you your living, these pirates and thieves under the guise of government and good for, for everybody are stealing your money. Just even before the pen, even before all this stuff was going on. And then... What if we take to the next level and we go, yeah, we also just went through the biggest transfer of wealth in human history during this whole lockdown. So if you want to get into the lockdown stuff, put all that other, let's go look at all the scientific peer-reviewed journals for a second and just go, what really happened in the real world during this? So while we're all like, do I stand on this X or that X? Am I six feet or five feet? Do you want to get a measuring tape out? I want to make sure. Can I come into your store without a mask? No? Okay, fine. Fuck you, I'll go somewhere else. Do I have to take three jabs full of graphene oxide in order to work at this McDonald's? Well, fine. Screw it. Like all that stuff, just hold on and think what really ended up happening during this lockdown. Our economies got looted blind. All the small businesses got decimated, run by good moral people for the most part. Well-meaning people, average folk who just want to be left alone, who just want to have a flower shop who just want to have a fish and tackle shop, who just want to have a dojo, who just want to have an accounting firm, who just want to run an Italian pizza place. God love those Italians bringing that amazing food to the world. Um, it's, I'm hungry. I, I'm definitely going to have some pasta tonight or something. Um, they all got shut off for the most part. And now what's happening, they're being replaced 
And now they don't have an ability to go and, and, and exercise their talents and what they really came here to do and what they're passionate about. They now have to go work some slave job that's going to require them to follow all the edicts of the cult of the medics. They have to go work for Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street and J.P. Morgan and World Bank. That's who their employers are now. Anybody got a problem? Amazon, right? Anybody got a problem with this? There's your, pro there's your, there's your evidence. Forget about all the other stuff. What happened? You got robbed, right? And I'm bringing that up because that's a powerful wake-up tool. It just works because that's how everybody thinks. Whether you think it's right or wrong, that's a different debate. It's how people think. So for me, some of those uniting issues, what happened to our money? What, and forget about, maybe not even money. What about our wealth? Our wealth. Wealth, the ability to provide. The ability to have a life worth living. So we're not living like a bunch of, you know, cave crawlers. Those guys came in and stole it from you. And you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't I, Go ahead. Take all the money. I just don't want to get this virus. Like that's what, it, that's what happened. They basically, the gun that these robbers came in with their bandit costumes on, they had the guns out. The guns they pointed at us to say, hey, give us all your money. <laughs> Was this virus? Give us all your money. Shut down your business to keep everybody safe. Or, or everybody's going to die. Okay, okay, fine. Oh, we still got to do some more. We, we still need a few more weeks to, to wrap it up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Take all. We kind of need you to give us your freedom too. Why? Oh, because otherwise people are going to die from the virus. Oh, yeah, okay. Take, go ahead, take the freedom. Oh, and you know what? Your constitution, yeah, it's toilet paper now. Sorry. It's just product of the times. We got to evolve. Really? Yeah, kind of have to. Otherwise, people are going to die. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, here, take the, take the constitutions then that our forefathers fought and died for at a price that we can't even imagine. So they use fear. That's the bullet in that gun. But if you really zoom out and take yourself out of that fear, and this is how you wake people up, you use this process, you pull out and go, zoom out of coronavirus for a second. Look at what just happened. Are you okay with that? Is that about health? We're never going to get that back. It's going to get worse. Now they want digital IDs. It's not going to stop with the passports, right? And then you can get into all that stuff. And, you know, what's another one? Maybe people care about privacy. That could be another thing. I, I care about privacy, but, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so... But I think privacy is a pretty big thing. I, I cherish my privacy. Do you cherish your privacy? Do you think that wanting privacy is a natural human instinct? Is that valuable? And I'm asking you the questions. Not I know you guys. You guys are awesome. And I'm not yelling at you guys. I'm just sort of ranting here. Um, I know you want your privacy, but I'm telling you, this is how you talk to people. You ask them questions. Do you care about your privacy rights? Do you want one trillion sensors in your new smart city that are going to monitor your heart rate from outer space and whether or not you smoked a joint last night? 
and encode that information and plug it into an AI supercomputer and have the new global government run all that data on you and then decide whether or not you're a good human and whether or not you're worthy of getting your new digital currency allotment. Like, is that, is that a, is that a concern that you have? Do you want to be watched while you sleep? Do you want to be, have biometric can cameras and face scanners everywhere that start to recognize you everywhere you go, tracking every movement, your gait pattern, your breathing pattern, your BMI index, your scores, your social credit scores. Do you want that? Do you want a surveillance state where you're, you have zero privacy? You literally, you could try to dig a hole into the center of the earth and they would still find you and see you. Do you want that watchful eye of Sauron watching you every second of every day and not just watching you, but then taking data, compiling it together and building a profile for you that's similar to what we now have, what we have as a credit score is going to be now a social credit score where now every little Joe Schmo and nosy neighbor and Karen in your neighborhood gets to vote on whether or not you deserve to eat. Do you want that? Is that a concern? Like these are the issues, right? That might help wake people up. Do you value humanity in its organic form? The body, the mind, the soul, if you believe in it, that was given to you in its natural state to some extent? Do you value what it means to be human? That's another big one. I think the transhumanism discussion is very, very important. Now, there's other people that go, no, I think it's the savior of humanity and it's all about health. They're just going to, they just want to put chips in your brain so that they can help improve your health. <laughs> I'm sure they could use those things to help improve your health and stop seizure disorders and all that kind of stuff. But um, what about all the natural guys? What about all the other ways we could stop seizures? Do you really have to put a chip in your head? Is that really going to be the only use for that technology? Really? You think that? Knowing who we're dealing with, who sit in the seats of power right now, based on their track record that you've just witnessed for two years straight? Do you really trust them to put a chip in your brain? Go listen to the Aaron Russo interview before he passed away, and you come back and you tell me if you think that these people mean well with that, or if this is a sales pitch, right? So I got what? Children, crimes against children. I think that unites everybody. That's the big one. That unites everybody, except for the child predators who don't, clearly don't give a shit about kids. But it unites everybody else. It unites the good people. You could be a flat earther. You could be a Republican. You'd be a Democrat. You'd be an atheist. You'd be a Christian. You'd be a Jew. You'd be a Muslim. You'd be a Mason. You could be anybody. If you're on, there, if that issue hits you and that reality, which I think we're going to get a real big scope in coming up, November 29th, I'm hearing with this Maxwell trial, kicking open the door. And who kicked that door open, by the way? We should give credit where it's due. Um, and also give credit to the past, the people, the Ted Gundersons, the many people that blew the whistle on that stuff for a long time. But when that door really gets kicked open, and I mean big time, I mean bigger than bigger than some trending thing on Twitter, you know, big, like I'm talking mass awakening to that issue and just how bad it is and just how prevalent it is and just how high up the totem pole it goes. I think that is the one central issue that could literally 
cause what we've all been causing, calling the great awakening. Because then you're going to have to start going, well, hold on. If Maxwell and others, because she's also just another, you know, so many people that we have to go after here. If these kind, this kind of information comes out about some of the same people that have been telling us to shelter in place and double vax your kids or else, or, you know, uh, you know, all these kind of, it starts to implicate those people. Everybody's going to start to look at everything a lot differently. So that is a, I think that's, that's the winner. That's the one that's going to take home the gold is that issue. That's just me. What do you guys think? Right. Other people have a different opinion. Some guys think, no, no, Dave, it's the, when the true shape of the planet comes out, that's going to wake the world up. Okay. Hopefully. But, um, for me, I think it's crimes against children. That's top of the list. Money is second is the next one purely from strategic point of view that when you start telling the, especially the average man, you go, Hey, you're getting robbed every day of the week by the people that you're listening to and getting on your knees for. How do you feel about that shit? I mean, that's a powerful one in terms of effects on the masses. They don't need to know about whether or not it's this Luciferian cult over there or that Masonic over there or the Jesuits or it's the Zionist Sabbateans or it's this or it's the reptilians or it's this or that. All very important things. And that's to me the advanced level of us trying to understand, you know, what are we really talking about here? How does it work? You know, there's time and place for it. But when it comes to the average person out there that just needs to wake up right now, right now, like in Austria, you better wake up now, not tomorrow, not the day after, right effing now. Focus on the arguments and the conversations that are going to be effective. So that's the, that's the point, isn't it? If we're going to be on the battlefield, uniting the clans and winning this war, how about we start being effective at it for once? Instead of chasing our tails for another two decades while these people get away with murder? And look, you still have people. Everybody thinks, oh, I think they're this, I think they're that. Yeah, okay. Who cares? Who cares what we're doing? It's, it's evil. Evil strikes through the heart of every man, doesn't it? So we have to put our need to put a picture on the wall and be like, that's the bad guy. And say, well, yep, there's lots of varieties of bad guys. They come from all stripes and all backgrounds. No one escapes history unscathed when we're talking human evil. I made that point, I think, pretty clear in chapter four of Cult of Medics. Nobody gets away from that. Different groups have done evil to each other. White people have done evil to white people. Black people have done evil to black people. Native Americans have done evil to Native Americans. Chinese have done evil to Chinese. Jews have done evil to Jews. Christians have done evil to Christians. Women have done evil to women. Men have done evil to men. And then you can keep going and then start mixing and matching those categories and every possible variation you can imagine has happened. So <laughs> this is way bigger than just, oh, it's those guys. Every time you point a finger, you got three fingers pointing right back. I don't think that's an accident. So 
I was going to cover some more news, but guys, I mean, you're on all the social media. I don't have to show it to you. You can go follow it. Um, and thank you to many of you for sending me good stuff. Uh, sorry if I don't, I'm not able to get back to all of you guys. Um, but to me, the, the news of the day is we got to find a way to at least unite. And I mean, in, in my opinion, this is what our constitutional documents were supposed to be. We can have all the little discussions about the nuances and how they changed names and there was little backdoors legally and all that. The concept of having a constitutional republic, a free country, was to put in place a contract between the people and the government. And the government was supposed to be selected from the people to represent the people as administrators. That's it. And it was a contract that said, we are going to agree as a people, as a country, as a nation, as a community, as a family, we're going to agree on this. This, we're going to write it down, and this is what we all agree on. Everything else is open season. Everything else is you can think what you want, dress however you want, screw whoever you want. Well, just don't go after the kids. Uh, you can do anything so long as you're not causing harm. And so long as you're not breaking this law, which is the highest law of the land, that is a contract between us and the power of the state. And that's us. That's just a, that, that idea is just stage one towards a greater freedom that I don't even know if we even have the, the ability to look at yet. But just thinking about it in basic terms, that contract has been grossly violated by the people that we employ with our tax dollars. And so think of all of these different things. Think of the time we're in right now as when I'm having these conversations with people, I'm forming a pact that says, listen, brother, listen, sister, I know you mean well. I know you want freedom just as much as I do. Let's agree on that. Let's work together on that. Let's put all the other crap aside for now. We'll get to it. We'll have those discussions. We'll figure that stuff out. And let's do that with the goal of figuring out what's real, not what we want to be real. But in the meantime, let's agree to disagree on those things and agree on this and this and this. And to me, it's truth, freedom, justice. Great place to begin. I want the science world to tell us the truth about Yes, this pandemic, this vaccine, this whole thing. I want the real debates to be had. I want the truth about everything. I want to know exactly what this is. I want to know exactly who did it. I want to know where these egregious policies came into play, who did it, why, who got paid. I want to know all the facts about it. I want freedom to be the goal of our society again, the most freedom possible. Because freedom, we're going to get into some in a minute. I've got, I'm going to help remind you about what we're giving up if we lose this war in a minute. We're going to talk about it. But freedom is, is key for your survival. It's key for your survival to have freedom. Otherwise, you're not human anymore. And it'll be a death of the soul and the mind, and then physical death follows shortly thereafter, as proven countless times in history. Justice has to happen for evildoers. 
I don't care who they are, where they come from, what I don't, I don't care. If you've done great evil and you've lied to the world and you've manipulated data and you've engaged in criminal activity and you've lied under oath and you've been engaging in practices that led to mass death and, and injury and, and all kinds of stuff like that, you don't get to pass go. You don't get to collect 200 bucks. You're getting flung back into the Atlantic Ocean where you belong. You know what I mean? Like you're going, justice has to be served. And it has to be rightful and it has to be lawful. It has to be moral. I'm not talking about vigilante anything. I'm talking about, we don't have to rewrite anything. It's all there. So we want the truth. We want freedom and we want justice. And that's what we're all going to agree on. The shape of the planet can wait. The best political system to replace this one when this one falls apart, we'll figure that out. Maybe better minds have already figured it out as, as I've tried to show you that great minds have already cracked all these codes and given this knowledge to us. We just have to think about it and learn it. That's just my take. But we gotta stop. We gotta stop shooting each other. That's it, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. So I feel like that clip of that Braveheart, man, that with him walking in there, that's you. You're Braveheart now. You're William Wallace. After this podcast, you are William Wallace. You've been knighted. Go forth and be that. Be that person that stands strong and says, hey, settle down. Stop it with the bullshit. Stop it with the drama. Let's go win this. Let's find some common ground. Let's unite the clans. Let's find some strength. Let's be warriors. And let's fix this. It can be fixed. It will be fixed. But only if we pull our head out of our asses and stop messing about. And yes, I'm speaking to myself here too, guys. Okay. This isn't just, this is just how I feel at the moment. Sorry if it comes across a little bit harsh, but. I wasn't raised in the school of ponies and rainbows, okay? I was raised in the school of hard knocks, so forgive me. Um, oh my God, I just refreshed Twitter for one second and Doug Ford is like, today there are over 300,000 jobs going unfulfilled across our province. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Do you have anything to do with it? Anyways. Let's not get carried away. I have a little slideshow for you guys real quick. You got time? We got time. All right. Let's try to do this in the right amount of time. Um, I just found some quotes I've got. I've always got the quotes uh, because there are people that are able to encapsulate knowledge and wisdom in just like one sentence and they do a better job than me. And these are people that lived it. They lived through a history that we're very ignorant about. And um, this is a tribute to Western civilization. Western civilization, not talking about the dark chapters that are in every civilization and every part. We're talking about what, what was achieved here, which was we achieved a level of freedom and prosperity that had never been achieved before it. And... And, it, and that's including all the corruption and all the shenanigans and all the slavery and all the shit that were all universal practices before this was even a whisper of an idea, by the way. We defeated physical slavery, at least 
that form in that time and replace it with a different kind of slavery, but that's aside. We achieved um, the ability for the individual to even exist. There was no concept. There was no concept of an individual before Western civilization happened. And there's a reason why all of our borders are being flooded right now with people who are fleeing their systems that failed, their failed states, to come here only to sit here in horror and watch us in a process of having a failed state of our own. But the reason people came here is for freedom. Even if it's all idealistic, even if it's just on paper, everything that has to happen in the physical world must first start in the mind. So we need to rekindle the flame of that freedom and the, the, the have really good arguments to keep the individual as a concept alive again, alive and show how valuable it is and show that no virus on this planet, no asteroid strike, no alien invasion, no climate meltdown is worse than a life without freedom. So we have to find a way to face those problems and solve those problems and keep freedom intact. And the fact that they're not trying to do that, and in fact, they're demonizing anybody that's proposing solutions that include addressing these challenges of our time and preserving freedom tells you everything you need to know about who we're dealing with. They don't. That's what this is all about. Freedom is an enemy of theirs because they're not free within. So they look at that as being psychotic. But the people I'm going to show you didn't think like that. And then you decide what you want. Do you want to live in a beehive, in a virtual reality, centrally controlled, and have your life micromanaged, which means it's the death of freedom? Or do you want to keep freedom alive? And are you on that team? Because unfortunately, we're now divided by that question. But here we are. So let me just run through these quotes because I think they're very powerful. And um, they're definitely extremely relevant. And then you guys let me know what you think. So let's share this. Bring it up. All right. Sorry, I just have to do this extra step uh, with this software. Okay, hope you guys can see that okay and you can still hear me all right. Harriet Tubman ran the Underground Railroad freeing black slaves. What is she reporting back to the world? What statement does she have, especially for the modern day liberals who just wear that name and name only, who are, they think they're fighting against slavery, but they're walking into the gaping wide jaws of another slavery. And, um, oh, this is the one I have to make. That's ah, okay. You guys, it doesn't matter. So we got slavery is the next closest thing to hell. Slavery is hell. And there are many forms of slavery. And she should know. So we should probably take that as, as best we can here. We should probably take that as wisdom. We got James Clear. He says, this is brilliant. It's a simple Simple statement. I think he's a motivational speaker or something, but he just had this, this really good uh, statement. He said, freedom is the power to say no. 
Freedom is the power to say no. No is the most empowering word you'll ever say. The word no and freedom are synonymous. They work together. And that's the word we need to exercise. You don't have to tell people why you have a medical exemption or whatever. You just say no. All right? Just say no and stand there in your truth with blazing eyes. Just think of whoever your favorite power animal is. Bring it in and just be like, no. And by exercising that word no, when you see injustice and tyranny and you see people trying to force their will upon you, you are, you are freedom in that moment. You're embodying the principle of freedom. And it's very powerful. And we got to get really good at it and stop being afraid to use that word. It's the word that these tyrants fear more than anything else. Freedom is the power to say no. And they want to take you right away. Look what they're doing, guys. This isn't about health. They want to take away your ability to say no. Young. Without freedom, there can be no morality. Consider the weight of this man's statement. You want to talk about consequences? Ha pass this one along to all those people that roll their eyes at you when you bring up freedom, when they're talking about how they're afraid and all this stuff and the climate's going to melt down the planet in 10 years and we got to just pay taxes to Bill Gore, Al Gore and bring in the Green New Deal and end freedom because it's an, uh, it's an artifact of the past of the patriarchy or whatever nonsense they're being taught in school and on the view. <laughs> Just pass them along this quote and say, meditate on this, my friend. Riddle me this. Without freedom, there can be no morality. What are you talking about? I want to do what's the greater good for the greater number. I'm going to line up and get these death jabs because I want to save everybody else. I want to be the hero of the story. I'm going to wear two masks and a visor, and I'm going to make sure that my infants are also double masked with a visor because we're here to do good in the world. We're here to be moral. We're here to save the planet. But they don't understand. They don't have the ability to understand because they're blinded by their fear. They've been caught in the hex. And they don't understand the weight of this statement. I could do 10 podcasts on this one statement. In fact, this statement is what we cover on Unslaved, the Unslaved podcast. Go check us out, unslaved.com. We just released one of the best podcasts, the most fascinating podcast you will ever hear in your life. We're getting into geomancy and the Lucifer line and Stonehenge. And oh my God, your, Michael's mind was blown by this guest. He was like, that's one of the best podcasts we've ever done. So go check it out. We just released it. But this is the philosophy. Without freedom, there can be mo no morality. That's why the people that are trying to go after freedom are really the people trying to go after morality because they know that's what empowers you. So if they can cut off your morality, they can take your freedom. And if they can take both of those things, they've got your soul. And that's what they want, clearly. Euripides, this guy, interesting statement. He was a playwright, a Greek playwright and philosopher. And he said, this is slavery, not to speak one's thought. So here's an artist in Greece, a playwright, a philosopher, who was experiencing censorship in his day. 
They had the fact checkers back then too and the little graffiti that Twitter puts all over your posts and the shutting down and the censoring and the shadow banning. They just did it old school. And there's just another simple one-liner. This is slavery. This not speaking one's thoughts. Because he knows about the mental slavery. And only an artist of that caliber would know. And this is, what this is what's at stake. People go, well, we got we to gotta censor everybody because people will be offended. And that's violence. So forget about the psychic violence that I do to myself. It's all about what other people do to me. And so therefore, we have to censor the entire world and hand over our brains to a technocratic, technocratic, techno, I can't even say it, technocratic, technocratic elite to think for us. Because thinking's hard. It's, it's suffering, really. And I don't want that. You know? I don't want this. In order to think, you have to risk being offensive, right? Robert Breedlove, he's kind of a modern, I think he's like a Bitcoin guy or something. But he has some, he had some decent statements. Um, and I like this one. Freedom is submission to truth. Freedom is submission to truth. Now, I don't know if it's, I mean, we can play with the words, but think about what he means here. Freedom happens, freedom can exist when we live in the truth. Because it's another way of saying the truth will set you free, isn't it? That's how I read it. So freedom is nothing but the process of submitting to the truth, meaning damn the opinions. Opinions are there to help you form a template so that you can eventually find the truth. They're not to be held as the truth themselves. They're to be a place, a springboard, so that you can go and, and learn greater truths. If you stay trapped in the opinions, which are mostly just regurgitated versions of other people's ideas, then you're never free. You're in the illusion of freedom because you're in the illusion of truth. So truth and freedom are best buddies. They're pen pals. They hang out together. They come together as a, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're partners. You can't have one without the other. So I like this one. And now we're going to get a little deeper, get a little more philosophical with Hegel. One of the most, oh, this got cut off, but whatever. Hegel, one of the most bastardized and misunderstood philosophers of all time, especially in this alternative research community, by the way. We've done whole shows dissecting that and debunking the utter nonsense that's out there about what this guy's philosophy was really all about. There's a reason this man was attacked. When you hear that thing about Hegel's dialectic, nobody that's used that in this movement even understands they should take his name right out of that. When I know what they mean when they're talking problem, reaction, solution. They're right on that. But could you take Hegel's name off that, please? Because you guys don't even have a kindergarten level of understanding of what he means when he's talking about a dialectic. It had nothing to do with the Fabian strategy of how you take over a nation through the slow Fabian crawl. That was superimposed onto him by a bunch of people who hadn't the education to understand what he meant. Okay, that's my little bit on that. Uh, we'll do more on that in the future. But this, I'll read the whole thing here. I'm sorry it got cut off. I don't know why. There might be a few like that, I guess. There's a little glitch here. But um, he said, the history of the world is nothing but the development of the idea of freedom. 
the history of the world is nothing but the development of the idea of freedom. So when they're telling you, give up your freedom, it's for the greater good. What they're asking you to do is to give up the sum total of human history and everything that was fought for so that you feel safe for five minutes until they tell you to give up the next freedom. It's a travesty. We're pissing on these guys' graves when we do it. So you have to, you got to be willing to fight to the death for freedom. And there's a reason why. There's a damn good reason why. Ah, they're all getting cut off. That's okay. Schelling, one of my faves. German idealist philosopher. This is his philosophy summed up in a nutshell, okay? The alpha and omega of all philosophy is freedom. And remember, philosophy comes from philosophia, meaning the love of wisdom. The love of wisdom. We live in an age where there's a hatred of wisdom. But the love of wisdom begets all knowledge and begets freedom, doesn't it? So he's saying the Alpha and Omega, the whole goal and the point of this process of philosophia is freedom. It's nothing else. And he looked at freedom and God as the same word. Freedom and truth and God, he, he used them interchangeably. He's like, it's not separate. Freedom is God. That's the, the spirit of God. It's been given to you and to humans only. It's not found in nature in the way that we see nature on the physical side. It's unique to humankind. It's a gift. So the ultimate goal of all your philosophy and all your musings and all your debates and all your discussions and everything you're fighting for, in his estimation, it's all about freedom. We got Goethe. I actually got to visit his house in Frankfurt, one of his houses, and see the level, the book, the libraries this guy had. You know the books they had were just massive, massive books with these tiny little words. You'd have all these magnifying glasses to read it. These guys were next-level thinkers, okay? Goethe said, he only earns his freedom and his life who takes them every day by storm. He only earns his freedom, earns his freedom. Freedom is never given, trust me. You got to pull it out of their fingers. They're scratching at you like uh, desperate animals to take it away from you. So you have to earn your freedom. And the only way to free find your freedom and earn it is if you take your freedom every day by storm because that's what's required. The mob doesn't want freedom. The little betas running around out there, they don't want freedom. They want someone to take their freedom from them because they want to be relieved of duty. So those that want it and want to take up that sword, you're on the battlefield now, aren't you? And we got to fight with everything we've got against a world desperate to take it from us. Nietzsche. And again, these are, all, these are all great thinkers. Many of them have been misrepresented and misunderstood. Many of them were wrong in certain areas and right in others. But to see brilliant minds, you have to have the ability to find the gems. And Nietzsche had some real good zingers, man. 
even though the left likes to use him as a champion and manipulate what he was saying. What he's talking about here is freedom is the will to be responsible to ourselves. Does that sound like the mantra of the new modern left? Does that sound like the mantra of some Nazis or something that they try to conflate him with? Freedom is the will, meaning you have a will, meaning you have free will. Freedom is the will to be responsible to ourselves. The reason we're losing freedom in the West is because we weren't responsible for ourselves. It's the only reason. There is no other reason. So what's the reverse? What's the way out? Be responsible for yourself. Let everybody else do what they're going to do. We got Jefferson. Damn, this whole thing got cut off. I don't know why it does that all the time. I'm trying to convert it into PPTX. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. His statues are getting torn down all over America right now. He said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. So if we expect as a nation or even as an individual, because the nation is, the, um, is the, the next level up from the individual. It's the sovereign state of people that come together, agree to disagree, but are ready to build and forge civilization and will, are willing to agree on at least the freedom principle. So if a nation comes together and expects that they're going to have their freedom intact while maintaining a state of ignorance, he's like, you got something coming to you. It, it's never going to happen. Ignorance and freedom are not compatible. And we got Lincoln. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. No man is good enough to govern another man without his consent. So anybody out there saying, hey, uh, give us your freedom and we'll run the show for you. We'll govern you. We know what's best for your children to be taught in school. They don't need parental consent to go get the death jab. Let us do all the thinking for you. No one is good enough to have that kind of power. That's why we have established the notion of informed consent in free societies. And that's why they're chipping away at it because they don't want free societies. And anybody that's out there denying freedom to others, like all these scuzz and these twanks in office, they don't deserve it either. And there's a law of karma that's going to fall upon their heads and it's going to be biblical in nature. John F. Kennedy. Conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Conformity. And look, this is a Democrat. Wasn't perfect, but he got this statement perfect. Why did they kill him? Conformity. The, the left now, the Democrats now, are nothing but conformists. They're like a pack of hyenas now. They used to be the ones fighting the big state, fighting the government, fighting the big media tech monopolies. Where did they go? They're all conformists now. They're the jailers of freedom. And so are all the rhinos and the pretend freedom fighters. The paid-for-TV doctors. The fake news. 
jailers of freedom, enemies of growth. It's obvious. You can fact check me on this. Fact check John F. Kennedy. What happened to him? John Adams, getting into some of the founding fathers. This is important, okay? Listen to this statement, guys. You will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I sincerely hope you will make a good use of it. I'm sorry, John. I like your beer. Um, but this travesty that's been done, I don't have good news right now. People have forgotten what it took your generation to preserve freedom. We did not make good use of it. For now, we're going to bounce back and we're going to make more use of it than you can possibly imagine. But we've definitely, uh, we've definitely got some learning to do and some remembering to do as we just throw these freedoms down the toilet like they never mattered. We have no idea what it took to get here. And let's just leave it at that. Alexander Hamilton. However weak our country might be, I hope we shall never sacrifice our liberties. <laughs> so he's admitting, hey, guys, we're not perfect. We've got a lot of things to fix. I just really hope we don't sacrifice all our liberties. <laughs> you guys are rolling over in their graves now. But don't worry, we're going to turn this all around. We're going to do them right. And then the last one comes from Mark Twain. A discriminating irreverence is the creator and protector of human liberty. And what he's talking about there is, don't be afraid to uh, speak your mind and be direct. And there's a certain, there's a certain uh, wisdom, there's a certain intelligence in well-thought-out, and well-executed irreverence. Because who are we being irreverent to? So this is why I love the memes. This is why I love sometimes taking a few pot shots here and there. This is why sometimes uh, humor and some of that crudeness can actually serve on the battlefield. I grew up in like locker rooms and dojos and gyms and hanging out with uh, contractors and Trust me, it's crude, but there's something holy about it. I don't know why. There's something sincere about it. There's something honest about it, where everybody else is just pretending to be polite. And there's a, there's a role for being polite. There's a role for having that. But there's also a role for that discriminating irreverence, especially when we're dealing with known liars and criminals. It's actually the creator and the protector of freedom. Because the only people that go after freedom are people with little man syndrome and little woman syndrome. So they pretend to be the big, all-powerful baddies that get to order us little serfs around when these are all just a bunch of anal, regressive, devolved losers. Because a real winner doesn't need to steal from anybody or take from anybody just needs to go and be who they are. Left, leave me alone. I'll take care of my own shit. You take care of your shit. We'll meet in the middle. People that are competent don't need to steal. People that have skills and knowledge and wisdom don't need to lie. People that are free don't need to enslave other people. 
And that's where the whole argument that these globalists are trying to throw at us falls apart because they're trying to make us look like something we're not. Oh, we're so dangerous. You want to have the right to defend yourself. Who could trust you? You want your freedom? You want to be able to have a bare face before you go into Shoppers Drug Mart? What? The only people that think like that are losers, man. Because somebody that has that spirit of freedom in them, they're going to find the solution that works where they don't have to give up their freedom in order to solve a problem. The first thing on their mind when they wake up in the morning is, how can I preserve and enhance my freedom today without trampling on others? And how can I solve problems that are going to face me in this life, no matter what age I was born into or no matter what challenge is coming our way? How can I solve those problems and address and confront those problems without giving up my freedom and my humanity and my conscience and my soul? Whereas these other little sniveling cowards who were raised on silver spoons and golden toilet seats, who haven't seen a day's work in their life, who take the reins of power and then pretend that they know everything and then impose their world on everybody else like as if it's some great thing. They don't know jack about what, what a real, what freedom is and what truth is and what, what it is to work and earn and have self-respect. And because you can always spot the people that are already internally enslaved and are what we've been calling um, on the Unslaved podcast, the self-murdered, the self-murdered person that then becomes the psychic vampire. Because if you're self-murdered, meaning you need everybody else in order to feel like you're anything, and you're willing to sell your soul for the affection of the crowd and the tribe, then you're in no place to talk about freedom and lord that view on everybody else because deep down we know the truth. We know that you're living a life of fear and not everybody lives a life of fear or wants to. So you're not qualified for those positions. So don't hold back, guys. Speak the truth. Be honest. Call these people what they are. Call them out. They're calling you out. I'm not saying just get into a tit for tat, but like, you know, we have to start, you know, I live in Canada, so that's why this one was really important for me, where everybody's super ultra polite to a point where I just want to fucking, <laughs> I want to leave the planet. Like, I'm driving the other day, and it's like, just obey the rules of the road. Stop trying to be like, oh, no, no, you go first. <laughs> you go ahead. It's okay. I'll wait. It's like, no, don't wait. There's no, there's no stop signs. You, you're supposed to go. You have the right of way. I'll wait for you. Don't disrupt the flow of traffic. Just go. Stop trying to impress me. Stop trying to, how can I do some good? Oh, like, stop trying to do so much good. <laughs> some of these people, I just want to tell them, just Thank you. I really appreciate it. But like, seriously, you're causing more harm than good, my friend. Okay. Stop trying to impress everybody and virtue signal that you're just some holy angel walking the planet. Who are you fooling, man? 
Be honest for once. Tell me the truth for once. Stop faking it. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little discriminating irreverence. So there you go, guys. There's a little blast in the past that I hope will inspire you to think about what we're up against and what, we're, what we could lose if we lose this and why it's important. And I want to empower you with this in these people's, these little statements and this whole concept so that when you have all your friends rolling their eyes at you when you're talking about freedom over the Christmas holidays and you're talking about your concerns about the implosion, the, the controlled implosion of Western civilization and the, you know, you're, you're, you're equating the government mandates with an assault on liberty. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? You guys are just selfish assholes. You've just, you've got a whole clip full of ammo now, don't you? And I'm sorry the slides got cut off, but I'll post these all in my Telegram group. Go hit me up at DW Truth Warrior on Telegram. Just so you have them there. Nice little arsenal. I like having these nuggets. And then find a way to say what these guys said in your own words. And just make it part of how you speak. Just be like, you know, freedom is all about personal responsibility. So the people that are against freedom must not have much personal responsibility. So we'll know them by their fruits, right? You know? The alpha and omega of life, the meaning of life is to be free. Because without freedom, what are you? You're a slave. <laughs> just ask, you know, Harriet Tubman. And uh, just look at history. Without freedom, there can be no morality. Woo! That's a heavy one. I, I feel like I want to do a whole thing on that one day. That's a good one. Because look at it. Look at it. It's right in front of our faces. The people that are, the, the people in power, this Jacinda creature in South, you know, New Zealand and these, um, I was going to play all these videos, but you guys know, you've already seen it. Um, the stuff they're talking about, these people running Australia, these Dan Andrews bastards and Justin Trudeau's and Biden's and these puppets and the people behind them. They're going after freedom because they're not moral. So you'll know them who's fighting for freedom or who's worried about being right. Who's worried about impressing you? Who's worried about whether everybody likes their comment on Facebook? But who's moral? You can see it. So if they're all there taking your freedom and going, the only way to salvation is less freedom, more slavery. Less privacy, more surveillance. Less health. More sudden deaths from a bunch of stuff that people weren't dying from before until we started giving them this shot that we're not going to talk about and forget about the new study just came out of the Lancet. Where's all the trust the science people when these new studies come out of the Lancet showing that vaccinated people are dying in greater numbers than unvaccinated people. The people that lie to tell you to give up your freedom, they lie because they're not moral, period. So, and then, yeah, slavery is the next closest thing to hell. That's why we're living in hell right now, because we're in slavery. If we weren't living in slavery, we would not be living in hell. You wouldn't be feeling like we're living in hell. You'd be up in the morning, ready to go, planning your projects, living your life, traveling the world, meeting people, being a human being. But right now, the government goes, no, no. It's too dangerous out there for your freedom right now. So we're just going to have to 
you know, have a seat. And if we have to put handcuffs on you, we will. And if we have to drag you out of your wheelchair and beat you over the head with it and then throw you in the back of a van because you didn't want to wear a mask, we're going to do it because it's all about your safety and your health, okay? Don't listen to those freedom people. They're all Nazis. That's literally their argument. The people talk about freedom like me were Nazis. <laughs> it's a joke. The galaxy is laughing at us, okay? It's that bad. <laughs> the equations they got. And then you're like, you're trying to talk to your freaking, you know, some person at your Christmas dinner. You're like, no, we're not Nazis. What are you talking about? Stop watching CNN for crying out loud. Do you see freedom happening when you see a bunch of Germ Nazi Germany stuff going on? Come on. Stop equating it. We're not racists either. There's people from every country in the world. There's even like Zulu tribesmen out there protesting the jab, okay? They're going down right now and hunting down the aboriginals in Australia and forcibly injecting them with this shit. And they're fighting back with their little bows and arrows and stuff because that's all they got. These people don't care about freedom. These people don't care about race. So let's get over it. And then finally, let's stop the inner squabbling. It's not doing any good. And let's just differentiate. If, if I could ask you that, just differentiate between squabbling over things that don't really matter and, and, and intelligent debate that is going to lead to something productive. Those are two very different things, okay? That's all I'm, I'm asking for. Because uh, we're not going to win this at all if we're all at each other's throats. And for those people who are concerned about history and racism and sexism and homophobia and all this crap that we're talking about, I'm not trying to delegitimize any issues and those are all separate discussions to have, but let's just make one thing crystal clear. This agenda to enslave is not an agenda against one race of people or another race of people or one group of people or another group of people or just one gender or another gender or this religion, or that religion, or suppressing this, or it's against humanity, all of us. These people, they're beyond racist. They're speciesist. They don't think of themselves as being human in the sense that you and I do. And if they ever use that word <laughs> based on their actions alone, uh, you can see that they have a very different meaning of that word than you and I do. This is an, an anti-human agenda done by anti-humanists who see us all as a problem. Chinese people, native people, black people, gay people, straight people, doesn't matter. They're even vaccinating all the animals at the zoo, okay, with this graphene shit. So I think we're dealing with something not human. And we can speculate on all that. Uh, however you want to see it, they're just not operating in the best interest of humanity, clearly. So let's bury all those hatchets. Let's have those discussions. Don't get into the weeds on those debates with people. If you're talking about all the talking points coming out from these universities and whatnot, focus on what I just told you. Always bring it back to the big game. This is not an agenda against one group of people. This is an agenda against humanity. And then debate that, and then prove that, and then discuss that. Because that unifies. It doesn't divide. 
And then the best way to strike their humanity is to say, how much do you know about human trafficking? <laughs> You're about to find out a lot. So I'll help catch you up so that when the big hammer drops and all this information hits you, you're not going to have a psychotic breakdown. And we could unite on that, deal with that evil, route it out, expose it, because if it stays hidden, it's going to continue. So we can't ignore it. We have to bring it up. we got to talk about it. I know it's uncomfortable. I know nobody likes to talk about it. I don't even like to talk about it. But if we don't, it's going to persist. So let's focus on that. And let's stop these bastards from robbing us blind. Let's starve the beast. Let's support each other. How about we make our own economy, make our own society, and if we have to do a Harriet Tubman underground railroad again, then we'll do it. It'll be global. It'll be great. It'll be better than it's ever been before. And it'll end up being better than what's going on with the surface uh, level of the farm that's all going along with the technocracy. And then eventually we'll just keep winning new recruits because our shit's going to be better. I don't know. That's just the best shot I've got at it. And we can, we can handle it. And we're going to win. We're going to win. We just got to keep straight and we got to start stop uh, being at each other's throats. So... There's my passionate rant for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope it added some value. Please go and check out uh, my website. My beautiful wife, Monica, she does such an amazing job all the time. Uh, go check it out, dwtruthwarrior.com. There's always the updates there if you ever miss anything. Um, go support Cult of the Medics. I think it's, uh, it's, it's something that is worth sharing, cultofthemedics.com. And I've got now an exclusive channel over on the foxhole where everything's been uploaded so you can watch it um, in high quality. It's also all over the alternative social media. Uh, stop shopping at Walmart, starve the beast, truthwarriorswitch.com. That's at least my starting point for that. And uh, other than that, what do I have? I've got a bunch of guys that want to come on. I've got some interesting guests, possibly some more people coming from the inside that want to speak out. So I'll keep you guys posted on how that's going to go. Um, so definitely got a lot more coming your way and I'm hoping to release chapter six before Christmas. So I'm going to take my time with it. I'm going to do it right. That'll get us halfway through the series. Then I'm going to take a little vacay, observe the, uh, craziness of the world for a bit. And then I'll start on the second half of the new year. So, uh, other than that, a big thank you to all of you for sticking with, for all your kind, you know, donations and comments. Um, and I just hope this added some value. So I'll catch you guys later. Thanks, everybody. Love you lots. Cheers.